Hello and welcome to For What It's Earth, the environment, climate change, sustainability podcast that has a look at big topics, tries to make them a little bit more bite-sized and asks, is there anything that you and I, you know, us, us normal folks who don't run countries or big fossil fuel companies, is there anything that we can do to try and save the planet? I'm Emma. I'm Lloyd. And this week we are doing cryptocurrency, secretive currencies, <laughs> I suppose. Um, This is a topic that uh, confuses people, confuses me. Many people, including your podcast hosts, have been baffled. Perhaps especially us. Uh, It's one of those topics where like, the more you read about it, the more you're just like, what the hell is going on? But this was suggested to us by a listener. It was. We're we're doing this at the request of lovely listener McKenna, who is a 15-year-old listener in Ohio. So hello across the pond. Hello. And Uh, we are obviously podcasters of the people. So we're like, yeah, of course we'll do that. Yeah, and they got in such a quite a few weeks ago, um, but we're still trying to get through a big list of suggestions. And uh, we just thought, you know what, we're going to have to tackle cryptocurrency. And thanks for suggesting one that has made my head spin. It's good. We, I feel tested this week. Yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, it's good. It's, it's 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 slightly different to some of the stuff we've done recently as well, which makes yeah. it quite interesting. We're also not financial advisors, so please don't take this as. Uh, an advice podcast on how to make your many millions on definitely not. Currency. You will lose everything. Yep. <laughs> so, should we start off with um, our super popular patented section? What one good thing have you done this week? Absolutely, patent pending. Um, I've got quite a good one this week. I think you've always of. got good ones. I don't know about that. There's definitely been a few uh, a few ropey ones, but this week I went with Festival of Nature to speak to the Mayor of West of England about the barriers facing young people trying to get into the environmental sector. That's awesome. It was really cool. Well, yeah, it was really cool. So I I went with a group of um, other young people. I say other young people. I was definitely the oldest there. So I went with a bunch of young people. super hip, cool... Hello, fellow kids. (laughs) Yeah, it was... um, Did you ask them about TikTok? (laughs) Well, ironically, we didn't really have a huge amount of time with him. So I don't know if it was the most meaningful that that conversation could have been. Did you have to bow? I uh, no. Address him with a title. Nor would I have, I think, for for a mayor. I don't know. They're pretty powerful. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't. So maybe he won't keep the environment on the top of his agenda. Maybe well. we've all snubbed him. But I think you know. It, so it wasn't very long. Um, but it was it was good to, you know, have him presented with a really cool bunch of cool people to try and make sure that green jobs and, and the sector is, is something that's, you know, on his desk. And it's not very often you get to speak to, yeah. like you said, an important decision maker. So, you could, know, could whether any of it went in, I don't know, top, but we tried. To the man. Yeah, we tried. How about you? What have you done um, this week? Who, this is a simple one. With whom one. have you hobnobbed? Hob... hob what? With, I said, with whom have you hobnobbed? You know, like, I was wondering whether you'd... You've not heard of hobnobbed? No, is that, a, is that like Cockney slang? Is that... I don't know where it comes from, but it's like hobnobbing with the elite means just like rubbing shoulders with and hanging out and like oh, networking. I think so. Oh, if weird. not, I've been using that one meeting with the mayor, and all of a sudden you're you're in Busy with the hobnobbing. <laughs> I hope I'm not mad. I, Emma Hobnobbrisian. I'm sorry. <laughs> just really like biscuits. Um. Anyway, <laughs> nonsense over. What um, one good thing have you done this week? It's a small one. Uh, I've been buying the doggies vegetable based treats cool yeah sweet potato based Ooh. They, they seem to like them I mean Gigi will eat anything Doris 
doesn't like anything that's bigger than like a coin because oh. otherwise she takes it away and then inevitably the next day you find it buried beneath your pillow or something oh, gosh. for later and then she never actually eats it so i don't know what the point of it is but anyway they seem to like them and i thought it's a, it's a lower um footprint compared to other treats hey, that's really good nice a nice callback to our episode on uh, how to be a good uh, animal haver that's right always about the callbacks <laughs> okay well listen it's not it's not just us who have done good things this week, uh, yeah. uh, well, I say this week, a couple of hours ago, I put on Instagram and said, listen, we're recording in a minute. Um, let us know what you guys have done. <laughs> Quick, we need um, to we'll, fill minutes. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out, please. We don't understand cryptocurrency, so we're going to fall back on you instead. <laughs> Can you please give us some some content before we have to try and explain what Bitcoin is? Um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got, we've got a couple. Let's, let's give them a share. So... Um, First one from our, our good buddy Ryan from Into the Wild podcast. Yeah, he, Ryan. Woo! He convinced his housemate to share shampoo, soap, and laundry liquid with him, so that now the entire household is on refillables rather than half the household. Sensible, Which rather than like, like three that. or four people all buying their own separate little plastic pots. Yeah, Spre- spreading it beyond your own habits is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, become a community. We've got another good thing from Erica. She has been removing stones from her garden and instead planting locally collected wildflower seeds. Very nice. Very very cool. When you say locally collected wildflower seeds. Yeah, she's sneaking around other people's gardens after dark, I reckon. Mm. You could probably probably like pinch seeds from like parks and stuff, couldn't you, I guess? On a similar theme, Josie has convinced her mum to put a no-dig allotment in her garden. Excellent. Love that. Super. Another listener, uh, Kukai. I apologise if I've mispronounced that name. Uh, shuts off all electronics in the house at 8pm every day. Quite a neat idea. I quite like that one. That's very good. That's probably something I should be doing. Mm. In that whole um, the gentle sort of rundown to bedtime where you're not looking at TV screens or browsing Netflix or on your laptop or something. That's, uh, that's very cool. Yeah, probably turning stuff off rather than just standby, I think is, yeah, probably something we should all... Yeah, I mean, presumably not the fridge. No, particularly not in this current... Mega heat wave. Yeah, all your food will go right. If you do up. shut off your fridge every every evening, then that's that's real dedication. Yeah, but is it though? Because then but the fridge no has got to you. re-cold itself in the morning. Would that take more energy than is not used in the? I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god! What what a what a either way. Hole. Tom recently yelled at a kid and told them to pick up a can that they dropped on the floor. <laughs> well done, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know what? I'm too scared to uh, you know like approach people that are littering I wish that I had the guts to go up to someone and say really can you just pick that up I'm just imagining a lot of fists being shaken yeah well done for enacting positive peer pressure so yeah nice one Tom and Jack puts out water in the heat wave to help wildlife fantastic speaking of fans I, I saw a video of a um a raccoon, I think it was, in the States, calling themselves off on, a, on an air conditioner. Smart ones they are. Nice. <laughs> they, they just clambered onto the unit and were just lying there. Dragging on. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who sent those in, though. Oh, yeah. It's always really good to hear your suggestions to help share them. And also, it's good to know we're not just shouting into the void. Which, yeah, sometimes I do worry. But, you know, constantly they remind us that people do listen, which is, you know, really heartwarming. It t- takes a lot of time to do these, doesn't it? So... It's really nice to know. And such a variety as well, from yelling at kids to to wildflowers. It's um, Yeah, absolutely. 
if, if, if you've yelled at a kid lately, then uh, let us know. <laughs> Tag us at Fall Earth Podcast. Um, <laughs> right, come on. Let's let's stop, you know, putting off the inevitable. We we need to talk about cryptocurrency. Let's go back to the crypto basics, shall we, maybe? Currencies. Like what what even is a cryptocurrency? So Okay, so right, well, forgive me in advance <laughs> for how this might go. Cryptocurrencies are there I mean they're digital currencies, so you've got the famous one is Bitcoin, and we're gonna be talking about Bitcoin quite a lot today. They don't. You don't have like a physical coin or, or like cash that you can put in your pocket. It all exists no. solely online. But they do have a value, so you can make purchases with them now. Not necessarily in like Tesco's, but some places, online marketplaces, and some actual stores will accept Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies as like a value as as cash. So, for example, like the the cost of something might be like 0.0005 Bitcoin or something, rather than 50p. So it's not the same as, you know, if you have uh, like money in your online bank, you can send online money to somebody else through the banks. I do not have money in my bank, but go okay, on. Okay, hypothetically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Bitcoin, for example, was set up to basically not exist within a bank. It's not held by a bank. The money is not produced by like a cent- like an agency like the Federal Reserve or the Bank of England or anything like that. They don't they don't create the money. It's not tied to the government or anything like that. It's supposed to be much more open and much more It's decentralized, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, that, that model's called decentralized. So so Bitcoin itself, let's just use Bitcoin as like the example for all cryptocurrency. They all work slightly differently, but but understanding Bitcoin kind of helps understand the rest of them. So it operates using like a transparent system. So all of the transfers of Bitcoin or the, or the balances of Bitcoin are all held on this public ledger, which is accessible to everyone. So you can, if you know how, you can see exactly what's going on at all times. And every transaction of Bitcoin has to be verified through a network of computers in a system called the blockchain. And basically, this is all set up to, it's designed to be a really, really secure way of sending or transferring money. And it also means that, um, you know, if you're in terms of like a community benefit, they also offer much lower like transaction fees than if you were going through something like our normal banking system. And in our normal banking system, as I said, people people like the banks will decide when and where to add more currency. They'll just print a whole load of more money. And the way that is set up is, is basically to match the value of goods. But with Bitcoin... this is where my googling gets frantic bitcoin can also be created but it's not created by a person it's already been determined how much bitcoin in the world can exist but it has to be something called mined so you know i said that every transaction goes through this um like authentication process on on the blockchain the authentication process is called mining because once you've authenticated loads of transactions you get given bitcoin as a reward and this is the new bitcoin that's being invented and there's like a maximum cap i think it's like 2.1 billion bitcoin or something that couldn't can ever exist and about 18.5 of it has currently been mined but it's this mining that's basically causing a lot of the problems because you need crazy amounts of computer power to be able to solve all of these mathematical problems which authenticate the blockchain to be rewarded with new bitcoin did that make sense? Um, you yes. look lost. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, you're right. So one of the things obviously about Bitcoin is that it's decentralized. So it's all peer to peer. So it's like direct mm. person to person. 
So you need every single system to agree on the state of play effectively because there's no bank, no authority to say this is how much money everyone's got. Mm. So you need every single system, every single computer to agree. Um, so yeah, you're right. Those miners are the ones that authenticate any transaction and then send it back out into the network to say that this is the new ledger that everyone's working from and so on. And you're right that they consume power. So originally when, I think Bitcoin started around 2009 and at that time, miners who would, as you say, get a sort of small reward of Bitcoin back for doing this complex mathematical puzzle effectively mm. uh, to, to, to confirm these transactions. You, you could just use like any old computer, like my, my laptop could probably have done it. But then as time has gone on, as the blockchain increases, as the ledger gets larger, the puzzles become longer and more complex to solve. So we've evolved or my miners have evolved from just sticking their computer on in their spare time to lots of dedicated power hungry hardware explicitly wired up to solve these equations and the problem you've got as well is that it's not just one set for example like one person is is dedicating uh, their computing power to a transaction they effectively all compete for the same transaction and sort of the first computer that cracks that puzzle that transactional puzzle gets gets the bitcoin in reward so you're effectively having lots of computers running at the same time doing the same thing just trying to get there faster which is obviously a massive waste of resources i think tim berners lee who's like widely credited as being like the inventor of the internet mm. said that it's like the biggest waste of energy he can think of or the most pointless use of energy, uh, which is quite um, damning from someone who, who you think knows, knows his stuff about the internet, really. He does, he does. But yeah, well, as you said, so it, basically Bitcoin has made the news and cryptocurrency in general has, has have made the news this year for two main reasons. One of which being Bitcoin absolutely rocketed, well, all crypto absolutely rocketed, but Bitcoin, so the price of a Bitcoin is very variable. So lots of people will basically play cryptocurrency a bit like you play the stock market. You buy a currency in the hope that it's going to go up uh, in value and then you can sell it back to, you know, pounds, dollars, whatever you want. And, you know, as if it's a bit of a quick rich scheme, it's quite risky, but it's so volatile that it has made lots of people lots of money. I'm sure lots of people have also lost lots of money as well. Um, and basically Bitcoin, one single Bitcoin went from like £20,000 to £47,000 earlier this year. And it's, it's back down to like 24 or something at the moment. But mm. it went up so, so quickly. But the other reason that it kind of plummeted when it did was that a lot more of the world's press started going, hey, yo, everybody loves Bitcoin, clearly. We're all trying to get rich off it. But as you said, I mean, the environmental impact is absolutely mental to this, what is quite effectively a made up thing. Yeah, well, but one of the reasons it tanked was because Elon Musk, um, whatever you think of him, uh, came out and suddenly like did a U-turn on Tesla accepting mm. Bitcoin, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, because he, he, well, he cited the environmental concern, uh, whether you agree that was his actual motivation or not, mm. I'll, I'll leave that to you. But that's what he cited. <laughs> he doesn't and, listen. Yeah, the environmental, <laughs> yeah, the the environmental concern is legitimate. So I think at the moment, Bitcoin alone consumes half as much energy as the UK 
and more than the country of Sweden. Pretty much the same as the country of Malaysia. It's mad. It, I mean, it depends what... Like, every single place you read to try and work it out has a different stat, but they're all absolutely horrifying. It does, yeah. Because it's very hard to actually... Because part of the problem is trying to figure out where the the mining banks are based. So like a digital, like a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency mining operation will traditionally go, I, I say traditionally, like the last <laughs> couple of years, will go wherever the electricity is cheapest to power their operation. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not making much money from it. So they're going to be able to pick up their farming operation, their mining operation, just move around the world. And it's either going to be like China, the US or Iceland with all geothermal energy. So the problem is that we say it's transparent, the ledger, and it is and that you can see what what's happening, but it doesn't necessarily show you exactly who's actually doing, doing it. it. Mm. Like you can't necessarily link it to a person and you can't necessarily say where it's coming from. So it's hard to say what, for example, the energy mix going into it is so if it's based in china coal makes up still around two-thirds of the energy mix even though they are increasing their renewable mm. um energy usage whereas in iceland for example it's going to be much more geothermal based so that's why the estimates can really vary wildly um yeah interesting stat here because i love i love sorry just want to interrupt you for a stat um one bitcoin transaction has the same carbon footprint as six hundred eighty thousand visa transactions or 51,000 hours of watching YouTube. I, I, I got the same stuff. For one transaction for Bitcoin. It's just mad. Absolutely mad. Particularly when you can do it so effortlessly on your phone, in your pocket, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned location, right? So China has been, up until very recently, I mean, it is still pretty much the large, as far as we can tell, the largest place for, for Bitcoin mining operations, uh, you know, doing about 75% of all Bitcoin mining. But some of the some of the articles I've been reading, like you said, they're chasing... Uh, they're chasing low ele- electricity costs, but also China itself put some restrictions on Bitcoin mining, which is another reason why Bitcoin itself plummeted this year. Oh, it did, didn't mm. it? Yeah, it really started cracking down. Yeah. yeah. So one of the knock-on effects has been, um, because mining operations are moving out of China, um, some American decision makers and private equity firms have seen an opportunity if they can provide low-cost electricity to, to attract these bitcoin mining operations so like the like, uh, people who are running for mayor are suddenly saying things like oh well, i will slash electricity prices because i'll bring this new industry here or there's been examples there was one in new york where disused fossil fuel power stations have been bought privately got up and running again on natural gas in order to purely fuel a bitcoin operation and you're like we're trying to move away from this stuff Stop reopening them. But then, yeah, the other, you know, the other, the very easy argument is, you know, you could just say, oh, well, just run it all on renewables. And that is not as simple as it may seem at all, is it? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, when you talk about, like, mayors trying to bring industries in. Because I just, I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder how you can actually properly tax those industries when all their income is coming through Bitcoin. I don't know, but I assume if you start creating more wealthy people in the town, they will spend regular money in your local economy, won't they? And they'd yeah. be buying up luxury property. Yeah, I don't think you can buy property with Bitcoin yet. Yeah, and I suppose um, if countries start to legitimise it, then... You want to be ahead of the curve, I guess. 
you can start bringing them in and making sure, for example, it's it's based on renewable energies. But that's um, again very difficult, very um, vague to to check. Yeah. So I mean, on on renewables, you can't just suddenly say, "Well, we'll switch to renewables," because the power demand is so so great that were you to just suddenly start running on renewables, they couldn't handle it. We're not producing enough excess renewable energy at the moment to power any of this cryptocurrency mining, whether it's Bitcoin or otherwise. You would end up having such a demand on the grid that all of the existing coal-fired power stations, gas power stations, would need to be firing up anyway to be able to meet local demand. Like the, the demand in general is far too high. Uh, renewable simply can't service it all entirely at the moment. Yeah, I was reading about um, uh, a sort of like review article. Um, I'll, I'll put the link up somewhere. But it's about like how boom towns, so-called boom towns in like the US mm. uh, who are targeting bitcoin mining there's like one town i can't remember what it's called or like one county which is they estimate responsible for about 20 percent of the bitcoins in circulation because it's just like cheap electricity there and they've just sort of established more of an industry and it creates friction with the local community because they're sort of getting benefits and they're sort of as you say directing electricity to them when it could go elsewhere um similarly there's another study which touches on um the social implications of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and they estimated the per coin economic damage of air pollution and human oh, wow. deaths and climate impacts of four different cryptocurrencies in the US and China um, this is back in 2018 so it might have even increased since then but they said that for every one dollar value of Bitcoin created um, it was responsible for around about 50 cents in health and climate damages in the US and around 30 cents in health and climate damages in China. Um, so they're actually quite similar cost despite, you know, the disparity between the two countries. So can we tax Elon um, Musk for that? Yeah. It's interesting then, yeah, you, so you can really link cryptocurrency mining to social implications and even human mortality through air pollution. That's mad, isn't it? That's really interesting to put. But, because that's the thing. I mean, so obviously we couldn't do this podcast without... Uh, mentioning Elon Musk because he is basically the troll of cryptocurrency in in such a weird yeah. system that we live <laughs> this man can tweet and the value of certain cryptocurrencies will skyrocket or plummet that's how much they hang on the value that he assigns them like there is a bloody there's, there's a coin that's just been invented based on like you know the doge meme it's called dogecoin yeah, and yeah. it was it was designed as a joke and Elon Musk was like, hey, I'm going to pump some money into it. Tweets that he's pumping money into it. So everybody else goes, well, bloody hell, I'll put some money into it. And then suddenly it has real value. And then Elon Musk has made an absolute fortune because everybody else has gone, well, I might make some money as well. And and the richest yeah. man on the planet has basically sneezed and made millions. Like It just blows my mind that this is the situation that we live in. It's mad, isn't it's, it? Yeah. It's nuts. Absolutely mad. Um Anyway, back to the environment and uh, no more no more slamming Elon Musk. Um, it's not all about energy as well, is it? There is also, you also have to think about the extraction of materials and the resources used for building the hardware and the places that they're housed in. It's said that, you know, the computers that are needed to mine and actually authenticate the blockchain, like the hardware itself becomes obsolete in under two years. So you're having to replace stuff super quickly. 
And also one of the other things to consider just while we're, we'll put a cap on the environmental bits and we'll move on in a minute. But um, one of the things to consider is the amount of heat as well that these mega computers are chucking out yeah. a uh, relevant topic for today's 31 degree heat wave. Um, but so one of the, this is a nice segue into potential solutions, I suppose. One of the things that we can do is use heat recapture or recovery technology. Um, so you could heat buildings, homes, community spaces, it can be used in some manufacturing industries, which will in turn reduce energy consumption from elsewhere and maybe potentially slightly less reliance on fossil fuels. Um, you know, for example, there's a place in Canada, a Bitcoin mining factory uses heat recapture to heat the evaporation tanks in a salt creating business down the road. And in Sweden, this one's oh. my favorite, you can probably tell why. There's a mining operation which turns, which basically transfers all of its heat to a local um, vegetable and fruit greenhouse, which helps produce or increase plant productivity in a really old, like cold Arctic climate, which I thought was quite quite neat. That's very cool. Mm. Oh my word. I mean, yeah, so there are, this maybe goes quite nicely into some of the positives of cryptocurrencies mm. and the blockchain technology that underpins cryptocurrencies so i was reading a really interesting article on the un website and apparently despite you know the environment environmental impact of cryptocurrencies and how volatile they are the un still believes that blockchain especially uh, could really benefit in fighting the climate crisis and make the global economy more sustainable all right yeah i was really i, I made that phase as well um at first but First of all, the UN likes the transparency of cryptocurrency yeah. because it means it's like, you know, that th there's ideally less fraud, less tampering in the system because it's very hard to tamper with blockchain because the algorithms that you need to decipher are so long. Mm. It makes it really hard and for like, one a public to ledger. dominate it as well, don't they? Exactly, yeah. So it means that you can keep a really trusted record of everything that's going on. So the World Food Programme, for example, from the UN, they used blockchain and cryptocurrency to get cash directly to uh, i think it's refugee camps in jordan as well as uh, a pilot program in pakistan to go directly to beneficiaries without having to go through local banks local governments so there's less chance for people to you know skim off the top to re-divert it to what they want to pocket it because it's going directly to the people that need it which is quite interesting and unep which is like the environmental arm of the un they in one of their reports, highlighted waste pickers. So people who tend to comb through like the mountains of waste and um, recycle this waste or just uh, take it out of the system, for example. They said it can help in tracking where and how they recover waste and they can reward those people directly for their work. So it's almost like, ah. I, I suppose you, you could say it's, it's kind of like paying into a gig economy where people don't necessarily aren't in countries where they can register like a social security number or national insurance number. They don't have a bank they can be paid into, but if they got a computer, you can still pay these people for doing work that benefits the world. Um, and I'd never heard of this, but apparently WWF had a tool developed for them based on blockchain, um, which helps them crack down legal tuna fishing. Wow. Because in the same way, you've got a ledger of tuna of fish going into it. So it's not the same as, currency but the technology underneath it is still the same where you oh, okay where computers are like validating a, a ledger of everything that's happened in this case the transaction is the fishing of the tuna and where the tuna goes on to next in the, in the system oh. 
Oh, cool. That's that's really interesting to hear. So, because I think I think I was so shocked when you said that because the research that I'd done when it was it was talking about this um, this like proof of work method that the Bitcoin blockchain uses was was actually kind of slamming that method. And um, so, one of the other like quite well established oh, okay. coins called Ethereum has made it its priority to become one of the, the low-carbon coins, does currently use proof-of-work in the same way that Bitcoin uses, but is actually shifting now towards something that's called, instead of proof-of-work, it's called proof-of-stake. And it basically uses way less computer power. And if I'm completely honest, I've forgotten what I read about it, other than the fact that... It's because... Um, it's what we were saying earlier, where in Bitcoin, for example, proof-of-work, they all... Different systems, different computers compete to get there first oh, right. whereas i think ethereum's proposed method is that it sort of goes out given to one computer or one sort of centralized bank and they put up like a stake of bitcoin as like collateral in case they don't oh okay in case they tamper with it that sort of thing so it's all based on trust but no sorry no so it's less based on trust and yeah i i, I think that's the general gist of it mm. Well, so Ethereum, anyways, has reported that they are just months away from moving to this new system, and this would actually cut this particular cryptocurrency's carbon emissions like thousandfold. So the new system would take their Ethereum's annual carbon footprint from something which equaled Peru's annual carbon footprint to that of a small American town with twenty one hundred wow. homes. That's a huge which is, reduction. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. And the one thing I do, I'm going to bring back Elon. The one thing I do like about his tweet saying that he was not going to sell any of his Bitcoin, but he wasn't going to accept it for Tesla for a bit until it was more environmentally friendly, is that other cryptocurrencies are racing to become an environmentally friendly, quote unquote, uh, digital currency. So that technology is starting to be developed and rolled out. And it makes me slightly more hopeful for the future of using cryptocurrencies. Yeah, you'd like to think it, it's kind of the natural way of technologies i suppose where you get the first initial really inefficient methods which are gradually replaced or in this case very quickly replaced i suppose on the scale of things by much more efficient methods hey listen i've got a fun little surprise segment for you i don't like the sound of that <laughs> well listen we've we mentioned bitcoin and we've mentioned ethereum they're two of the biggest most well-known cryptocurrencies yeah. but there are so many other ones I've got a quiz for you. Real crypto coin or nonsense coin? Oh, no. So I'm going to give you the name. It's too hot for quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's, a silly, it's a silly quiz. I'm going to give you the name of a, of a cryptocurrency and you are going to tell me whether it is a, a real coin or I made it up in a state of heat exhaustion. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Yes. All right, okay. First one. Polka dot. Real. Yes. Turtle. Fake. Yes, you're doing really well. Pancake swap. Real. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Tron. Mm, fake. No, Tron's real. Oh, okay. Crater. Mm, okay. Fake. Yes, uh, happy. Fake. No, happy's real. Ah, oh, that's, that's a nice one. Hey, you did, you did pretty well there, but there are some absolutely mental names. That, that pop up when you're trying to have a look at cryptocurrency. Ah, uh, that was that was quite a stressful quiz as I thought it was going to be. Well, you know, I'm not going to put you through your GCSEs on the podcast, am I? I think it's mental though that you can just start up a new currency and just call it whatever the hell you want. I saw one which is um, 
after Elon Musk said he wasn't going to accept Bitcoin, a group of people got together, started a new cryptocurrency um, called um, F Elon. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, what, I bet he loved that as what, well. What is this weird world we're living in where you can just start a currency? I don't understand how that works in terms of buying things. Like, but presumably you can exchange one type of cryptocurrency for another somehow, somewhere. Yeah, you, so you have like a digital wallet, like an no... app on your phone, for example, and you can just switch it between currencies. So you can have like six Bitcoin and you can just sell it back to pounds or into a different crypto. But you're kind of assuming someone wants to buy it, if you see what I mean. Like if you just make it like a really small one, you kind of, someone needs to be able to, someone has to want to buy that small coin that you've got. But a lot of people will buy a really cheap small coin in the hope that loads of other people will as well and they'll get really high returns on their very small investment. So it's, it kind of, for me, feels like Bitcoin at the moment is just a money-making, like, betting platform almost more than a currency, yeah. even though eventually it will be like, used more. So talking earlier about the, the UN um, mm. environmental programme, uh, they partnered with uh, a, a Danish university, DTU, and they produce like a report of how blockchain technologies could support or could fight the climate crisis and support sustainable methods, sustainable uh, practices in our economies. So they said that, for example, blockchain could give uh, an audit trail of trading um, and accounting of mitigation outcomes. So think like carbon credits. So we, we've done things on carbon, carbon credits before, right? We said how difficult it is to trace where they're being bought from and whether they're authentic, etc. So you can trace these carbon credits across borders between companies. Um, presumably you need to be able to identify who's buying them. So you need to be able to link them to the actual person. But that's one area of promise. Uh, another is clean energy. So in a world where renewable energy sources are becoming decentralized themselves, so like solar power, wind power, mm. you could get small farms which can then sell via blockchain, via cryptocurrencies. So it's blockchains and cryptocurrencies could support this sort of peer-to-peer -peer energy transactions instead. And yeah, and the third way they said is climate finance. So facilitating climate investments through traceable cool. financial flows. So it's interesting that sort of after the cowboy Wild West years of um, not knowing what the hell blockchain could be used for and people just using it for very shady purposes, that people are sort of starting to put it to good use and find nice ways of using blockchain and the technology behind yeah. it. Because it is really interesting. It's normally the other way around, isn't it? We create something that's designed to be good and then it gets taken into the murky underworld. <laughs> but it's quite, quite nice to hear the, perhaps yeah. the other side of things, although I'm sure it's still used for murky underworld topics. So I suppose the question is, what could our listeners do in this regard? Because mm, we always try to like... Useful. Because we always like to try and yeah give something useful some sort of little takeaway that people can um, use in their lives. Now, I know not everyone mines Bitcoin, <laughs> for example, but, if you, but what listen, can If they you do? could hear our laptops screaming, their fans apart because it's, it's You would know hot. we're not mining Bitcoin. Our, our laptops <laughs> cannot handle heat. We are not mining Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I'm running Zoom, Word and Firefox. And that's it. And, and that's it. And it's had enough. It's it, yeah. I don't. I don't think Bitcoin millionaire is uh, in our futures, unfortunately. Um, and and listen, we we said at the very beginning, like we don't want to tell you what to do with your money. We're just trying to give you some more interesting climate topics. But if you, one thing I would say is one of one of the things that 
popped up when we were doing this. If you are going to buy Bitcoin or any um, cryptocurrency, maybe don't make loads of different transactions. Because one of the things that stood out for me was how much, how high the carbon footprint is for one carbon, for, for one transaction. As you mentioned earlier, it's the equivalent of like 91,000 hours of watching YouTube. So if you are going to buy it, maybe just buy it and leave it rather than swapping it around all the time. That can reduce the your own personal uh, cryptocurrency footprint, I suppose. And one of the other things you can do is be really careful about which coin you're buying. Obviously, be careful because it's a risk anyway and have a look into that. But you could also, when having a look at your risks, have a little look at the carbon impact of the coin that you're picking. So we've talked about how Ethereum is starting to be marketed as one of the eco-friendly coins. There are lots of other different coins out there, but perhaps that's something to have a little bit more of a think about rather than just going, hey, Bitcoin's a sure thing, isn't it? It's not necessarily. Um, And, you know, maybe have a look at some of the other coins as well. There is quite a lot of scepticism, though, about whether the other coins are actually better. You know, they're often newer and that means they're smaller. So you know, yes, you can be quite small and sustainable when you're small, but they are also part of a system which wants to get bigger. And for everything to grow and for these coins to grow, you're going to need more computer power anyway. So even if they still use slightly less like per coin than Bitcoin, maybe when they get massive, they might not. That that, The difference between the two might not be so much because you still need a silly amount of computer power to be running this whole system. Fabulous. Well, if you have managed to decipher what the hell we were talking about in this episode, Mm. um, (laughs) then let us know. And let us know if you have any experiences of cryptocurrency and your thoughts on it. So we like to keep the conversation going. Haven't used that one in a while. I still need to get you a t-shirt with that on or something, don't I? I I might just record a little soundbite on my phone. I could just play it whenever I want. Um. Then we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have good old-fashioned emails. Uh, Let us know your thoughts on this episode or us in general, us as people. Would you like to hang out with us? Do you want a beer? What do you think of my dogs? You're going to have to put a picture of your dogs on Instagram now. Oh, they are on there already, I'm pretty sure. Everyone loves more dog content, though. This is true, they do need to be more dogs. Let's dilute us with dogs. That's a winning formula, I'm sure. Yeah make us much more palatable to the general population <laughs> yeah and and thanks again to mckenna for suggesting this topic um if you have yeah, yeah if you have any suggestions like you said get in touch we're on email at for what it's earth pod at gmail.com we're not always the fastest at replying because we're terribly busy people mining bitcoin um but we do read them all and very often we get around to them so thanks very much and please keep sending in your one good things that you've done or multiple good things because we like to read them and relate to them and steal them and not give you credit for them <laughs> speak for yourself oh actually one <laughs> one one good thing that you could do this week is go and tell a friend about us like spread the forward it's yeah. love let's you know let's find yeah some... you'll get a lot of good karma yeah we, we love you guys a lot but we want more of you because uh we're i don't know greedy i guess yeah these are really ballpark figures but i calculated if you tell someone about us you've um bought a th- about a thousand carbon credits i think it is sure yeah don't ask yeah. lloyd to show his working no it's um it's on my other computer you, you wouldn't would be able to see it <laughs> that is quite enough nonsense for us but then that will end there before the heat stroke gets to us and we will end by saying of course everything we have uh, discussed and said in this episode are our own views and not that of our employers our friends our families 
etc. And we are not not setting up a financial advice firm anytime in the near future. No, do not make any investments based on what you have heard from us today. We will only lead you astray. Unless you make a million dollars in or dollar a million ethereums yep. unless you make a significant proportion of cash and fancy saying thank you. In which case we'll send you the details. <laughs> Crack on. Anyway, we'll see you all soon. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.